0: Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. You know we love leverage. That means debt, but does it mean a good thing when the whole country wants to go further in debt? We're going to talk timely today about the debt ceiling on the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Live where you want to live, but invest where the numbers make sense. Even better, invest where you have a solid team to support you. We've been hearing great things about Memphis, Tennessee, and Terry Kerr from MidSouth Home Buyers. Since 2002, Terry and his team have been delivering turnkey rental property solutions ideal for out-of-area real estate investors. So if you're looking for affordable, trouble-free turnkey investment property, call Terry. Use our resource hotline at 888-510-6838, extension 118. That's 888-510-6838, extension 118. Or find them in the resources area of our website at realestateguysradio.com. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 75,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash real estate guys. Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Thanks for tuning in in the middle of this beautiful summer. We've got uh, a lot going on. The Real Estate Guys have been on the road in the last couple of weeks. We've got lots to talk about there, but uh, maybe even more importantly, uh, we should meet the co-host, financial strategist, Russell Gray. Hey, Robert. How are you? Good. And uh, even more importantly than that is the fact that uh, there's a lot of controversy today, a lot of talk, a lot of debating, a lot of opinions about raising the debt ceiling. And that's interesting, and you've probably heard a lot of the chatter, and it's certainly an important topic. We want to talk about it, but we want to bring it down to what it means to you as a real estate investor today on the show. And before we're done, uh, we've got kind of a fun thing we're going to do with a very special guest. So it's going to be a good show.
1: Yep, it is going to be a good show. And this really, this topic is just such a big thing in the news right now. You know, we do this thing, Clues in the News in Mentoring Club, and we, we pay attention to the news and we pay attention to a lot of things that affect us as real estate investors. And the difficult thing in reading the news or paying attention to what's going on in public policy or banking or any of that is is distilling it down and going, okay, what does that really mean to me? And a lot of times when you talk about what's going on in any type of policy, you're talking politics. Right. And the whole notion of politics is such a controversial topic. And we try not to be political on the show because this show isn't about politics because to me, politics is about what should happen or your opinion of what should happen when you hear someone complaining
0: about the state that the country or the city or their town or their local post office is in that's politics here's yeah. what should be done here's what's wrong with america that's when it gets political
1: right and it gets to be in a it, it becomes a blame thing oh somebody's president right Bush somebody's wrong and president obama that and the republicans this and Rep- whatever a practical discussion is one that isn't about what should happen or what shouldn't happen or who's to blame. It's really about what is happening, what's likely to happen, and what can I do about it? What does it mean to me? And so when we have these discussions, that's the context we do it in. Now, some people like to listen to what we say and try to infer or in you know, say, hey, you're on this side or you're not on that side whatever logic your brain takes you to whichever direction you want to go when you listen to someone say about this is the way it should be and you say well this is the way it is and you can say well then you know great then you vote however you feel you're conscious and that's great and then you should do that and you take whatever action you think the goal in the show is for us to just get you thinking about this stuff because if there's one lesson that's been clear over the last few years it's what happens in the stratosphere of the economic and political Uh, arena trickles down, and I know that even has a political connotation, (laughs) but it hits the street. What happens on Wall Street happens to Main Street. What happens in the White House and now what happens around the world happens to the u.s we started talking china we started talking you know currency exchange and what's going on with the dollar the value of the dollar one of the topics we're going to talk about today uh and we find that it definitely affects our real estate values the availability of capital and, and the cost of capital interest rates
0: So for a lot of years we've talked about the fact that one of the great things about being a real estate investor is that should there be some sort of crisis in the world The government and the agencies will rise up to defend real estate because it's so important. And I think the last three years have have proven that that's true. doesn't mean they've been able to successfully prop up prices or sales, but it does mean that there is all kinds of tinkering in the marketplace, which if you come from one school of economics, you feel one way about and and otherwise. But again, that's just the what should. Instead, it's the what is. and, And the reason we're bringing this up now... We have several shows coming up where we've had the opportunity to get some pretty powerful guests. I'll just tell you right now, in the coming weeks of The Real Estate Guys, this summer, you will hear from two different presidential candidates. Names you'll know, and they're going to be on our show. Now, they're not on our show because we're in their party or subscribe to their politics. They're in our show because the seat next to Russ is available to any legitimate presidential candidate or billionaire come on down <laughs> right we had steve forbes in the show last year and we had a little you know flashback i mean people were saying oh wow, steve forbes this steve forbes that it's like listen any, any billionaire is welcome on the real estate absolutely. guys
1: absolutely because you know the point is is it's it's not that we're even saying it, not everybody we put on the show we necessarily agree with and we're not trying to distance i've ourselves got you from on the show these, for instance <laughs> but you know we're not trying to distance ourselves from any of these folks either we're just saying look there are a lot of ideas for example the tea party movement Very controversial. There's a lot of people, especially of the more, um, you know, the bigger government liberal persuasion that are like, hey, you know, the Tea Party, they're a threat, blah, blah, blah. And and then the Tea Party is like, oh, anti-government, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Whatever. The point is, is the Tea Party movement is real. And we had a big dramatic shift in Congress as a result of that movement.
0: After a big dramatic shift in the presidency.
1: Correct. And so and there's probably
0: another big dramatic shift in our future. I'm guessing
1: that's right. And there's all kinds of policies that grow out of that. And so when you're trying to figure out what is happening, what's likely to happen, it doesn't matter whether you agree with it or not, it's happening. And so you have to figure out how am I going to respond to this and what am I going to do? And so right now, I mean, Arguably, the biggest topic of discussion as we're doing the show is this topic of the debt ceiling. I mean, there are people saying, hey, if they don't raise the debt ceiling, it is the end of the financial universe. It's over.
0: It's game over. Well, that's why we wanted to cover it this week, because in a couple of weeks, it
1: could be over. Yeah, that's right. This could be our last show as the real estate guys. or second to last, anyway. Something like that. So, you know, we, we wanted to take a look at that and try to explain really what it means for the debt ceiling to be raised. What is the debt ceiling? And then how does that affect, you know, the economy? How does that affect the cost of money? How does that affect job creation? How does that affect market sentiment? How does that affect real estate? How does that affect my opportunity? And those are all really important topics to talk about.
0: Yeah, ab- absolutely. And, and you know, there's enough uh, already coverage if you will of the topic in general, but what I find and, and this is sprung out of us doing our our live mentoring clubs that when we get in conversation with educated, sophisticated real estate investors Sometimes they don't even get it. Yeah. So we're kind of average real estate investors that have been around real estate for a lot of years. We're not these, you know, brainiac economists. Now, in the coming weeks, we have some brainiac economists on the show, and we're excited about that. But we want to be able to have you understand what it means, what it could mean, what the possibilities are, so that you're equipped to have an opinion. Big picture, it's really probably not going to matter what you think. What's going to happen is going to happen. So one of the great quotes we heard this last last week when people were asking about predictions was, you know what? It's better to prepare than to predict. It's interesting to make a prediction about the way something might go. It's even interesting to have an opinion about the way it should go. But at the end of the day, you better be prepared for the various ways it can go as a real estate investor because nobody cares about you and your finances more than
1: you do. Absolutely. So Ben Bernanke comes out and he is warning everybody that if we cut spending, which is really what one party is saying, hey, we need to cut spending and we're not gonna approve any debt ceiling increase until we get our spending cuts. And so there's all this talk about holding the budget hostage and blah, blah, blah. Well, okay, so Bernanke says, hey, if you cut spending too much, that could derail the recovery. And I looked at that and I thought to myself, okay, well, wait a minute. So just let's bring this down because if a country is just an accumulation of households and businesses, if you're in your home and you realize you're spending more money than you earn and you want to financially recover, what would you do? (laughs) Right. Well, let's talk about,
0: let's put it in in terms of a debt ceiling. Say that you owe $300,000 on your house and it's worth 400,000. So it's a 75% loan to value. And that's not the same kind of loan to value we're gonna talk about in, in the bigger picture, but let's just say that with the case. And now you're outspending your income. You're making $5,000 a month, but you're spending 7,000. And you're racking up credit cards, and you got IOUs, and you're spending too much. And you have one uh, member of the household says, you know, I- I've been looking at the numbers, I'm thinking what we should do is we should cut out some things we're spending money on because we're only bringing in $5,000. we are spending 7000 I think let's rein it in so we're only spending 4500 Right. The other person in the household goes, wait a minute. You-, you know what we have to give up if we do that? We're not going to seem as affluent and as recovering if we do that. Instead, let's borrow more money. And the other person person says, well, but I talked to the bank and they, don't, they won't increase our debt ceiling. They won't increase what we owe. We used to be able to go get home equity lines of credit. We, they're not doing that. Well, you get them on the phone and you tell them if they don't, they're going to derail our, our affluence, our ability to, to live and thrive and, and have lifestyle. We better borrow some more money from somewhere or, or maybe we can figure out how to just print some. Now, yeah. you do that in your house and you go to jail. <laughs> you do that as the government and it's all cool, I guess. Well,
1: I mean, the argument, you know, just so you can understand the other side of the argument, the other side of the argument is, look, we, we need working capital to keep the country operating. We need to be able to invest in infrastructure. We need to be able to grow our economy. And if we cut off the cash the ability to pay our bills on time, then our cost of credit, you know, interest rates are going to go way up and uh, maybe we should just take a second and talk about why that happens. I mean, it's pretty obvious, right? If you miss a payment on a credit card payment, your credit card companies, all of them who look at your credit report go, you know, this person missed a payment. There must be a problem. Therefore, the risk in loaning this person money has increased. I'm gonna do one of three things. I'm either gonna raise the interest rate so I get compensated more for the risk, I'm gonna reduce the amount of credit available to reduce the risk, or I'm gonna completely cut the credit line off and completely eliminate the risk except that maybe, you know, now they're going to completely default because if they cut my credit line off, what motivation do I have to pay them? Right. Okay, so if the country gets faced with that, obviously that has ramifications throughout the economy.
0: Well, and it's bigger than that, right, because our country has never defaulted on its debt, and now there's some serious talk. In fact, Peter Schiff was saying the other day that, you know, the very fact that we're talking about it as a possibility – Means it is a possibility. Right. For the first time. That's never been in the vocabulary about the US defaulting on its debt obligations. And this is probably the same in your household. Lots of people in the last few years have had to make defaults that they never I for thirty years I never missed a payment. I always paid on time, they say, and then look what happened and my payment tripled and my job went away and my dollars are worth less. And before you know it, they're charging you for extra toppings on your oatmeal at Starbucks.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, it's and it's happening to individuals. It's happening to municipalities, towns. Uh, It's happening certainly to businesses and it's happening to governments and the United States has always been this amazing economic machine that I think people to a large degree have believed was invincible and I think some of the glitter is rubbing off and the way this thing is being handled again whether you like it or not to Peter Schiff's point the fact is is people for the first time are talking about the United States seriously serious consideration to the notion that we actually could default on the debt because we have what appears to be a Congress that is is locked in this battle. It'd be very interesting to see how it actually comes out.
0: All right. It's not going to be all doom and gloom today on the show. You know us better than that, but this is an important topic. And what does it mean to you as a real estate investor? We'll continue to explore that today on the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. The Real Estate Guys podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 75,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature and featuring audio versions of many New York Times bestsellers. For listeners of The Real Estate Guys, Audible's offering a free audiobook to give you a chance to try out their service. You know, a great audiobook to consider is The 12 Secrets of Self-Made Multi-Millionaires by Dennis Waitley. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash real estate guys. That's audiblepodcast.com forward slash real estate
2: guys. Most people think of life insurance as a death benefit, a big payout to the beneficiary when the insured dies. Some people think of life insurance as a savings vehicle, though it arguably isn't a very good one. But how many people think of life insurance as a cash management tool? Now that's a new paradigm. So before you think you already understand life insurance, call the professionals at Paradigm Life. They have educational resources to help you discover the living benefits of life insurance as a powerful cash management tool. Discover how to finance your own interests and essentially be your own bank. For a free report, visit beyourbank.com or call 888. 510-6838 extension 116 that's 888-510-6838 extension 116 or visit beyourbank.com
3: hi this is peter schiff
1: and you are listening to the real estate guys
2: Welcome
0: back to the Real Estate Guys radio program, heard every weekend on this great radio station all the time at realestateguysradio.com. Lots of folks listen via podcast. If you are an iTunes subscriber, easy to get a hold of us there. Just uh, go to the podcast section, type in the Real Estate Guys and up. We will pop and populate your device so that you can listen to the Real Estate Guys. met a lot of folks this last week who are avid listeners, which yeah. is awesome to meet people in person. And part of the reason we're in radio is we just don't really like people that much, but it was great to, <laughs> to see them face-to-face. So, uh, Anyway, we're talking today about uh, the debt ceiling and the controversy therein and uh, making sure that you understand as a real estate investor how this has the potential to affect you. Obviously, it's going kind to of have global effect whatever way it goes on the United States, and there's going to be a lot of trickling to the rest of the world, and there's a lot on this. I mean, there's lots to be thinking about but but i think let's start on, on something that all real estate investors can hold near and dear and that is part of what allows you to hold real estate is leverage in many many cases and what that looks like in terms of your return has a lot to do with interest rates so let's talk about interest rates
1: Yeah. I mean, that's really kind of the central point of all of this and really what the main effect, or at least the immediate main effect would be, uh, is interest rates. So just understanding a little bit where interest rates come from, not to be too elementary, but it's it's, it's a function of supply and demand and risk pricing. So interest rates are set by an investor who says, I'm going to put my capital out to work and take a risk. And the more risk I take, the more reward I'm going to demand. And so in the world of debt, which is what bonds and mortgages are all about, you have to have a base point for what the interest rate is going to be. The center of the concentric circle, if you will, like if you can imagine a target and in the center of the circle is the absolute safest, the bullseye of the circle is the absolute safest debt you can get. If you had to loan money to somebody and you wanted to be absolutely sure you were going to get paid back, who would you loan to? And the answer for years and years, decades, has been the United States government. Anything backed by the full faith and credit, that means the taxing authority and the productivity of the American public to pay that debt, is, is, is our U.S. bonds. And so that is the basis of all other interest rates. So you've got that interest rate. And so if I'm an investor out there in the bond market looking for a income producing investment and I'm conservative, I'm going to buy U.S. Treasuries. If I want a little bit more yield, I'm going to have to move out to something that is a little bit less safe, but will pay me more. Right. And it used to be that mortgage backed securities were being pitched by Wall Street as just as safe right. as U.S. Treasuries, but with better yield but we've learned otherwise, but we've learned otherwise. And today U S treasuries are being questioned. So, you know, having been in the mortgage business, one of the things that was very easy to do in trying to get a feel for where interest rates were going to go in the, in the mortgage market, in the mortgage bond market was whatever went on in a treasury auction. If the treasury came out and auctioned off a bunch of bonds and investors demanded 3%, then I knew that interest rates were going to be a little 3% and a little bit more, for the very safest mortgages. And then as the mortgages got riskier, there would be a range as anybody's ever shopped for a mortgage. No, the higher the loan to value, the lower your credit score, the worse the income, the worse the collateral. Every time you add another piece of risk, you're getting higher interest rate. Yep. So it's not like somebody just wakes up, the Fed doesn't wake up one day, okay, this is the interest rate. And then everybody pivots off that. It's set in the open market. And we're gonna talk a little bit about how the Fed influences those rates by participating in the bid for the treasuries.
0: All right, so let's talk about this because this is an area that we have found, again, a lot of people do not fully understand. Uh, For 10 years now, we've been doing a monthly real estate investors mentoring club in a couple of markets, and we have people been in three, four years who still don't fully grasp the Federal Reserve versus the Treasury and how they interact. I think it's, it's crucial that you understand especially if you've just been paying attention to the periphery. And it's just been, oh, it's out there. They talk about the Fed. Most people think the Fed is the federal government. The Federal Reserve is neither federal, nor is there any reserve.
1: Exactly. I mean, and that's it. And not only that, it's not even a function of the U- United States. It's actually international. And, you know, we had Robert Kiyosaki some time ago talk about this book, Creature from Jekyll Island. And if you really want to understand the Fed, I recommend you read The Creature from Jekyll Island, And then there's another book called The Lords of Finance. Now they are books that are written from different perspectives. And I like reading books from different perspectives. One of the things I loved about going to Freedom Fest was you have debates. You have people from two different schools of thought debating a topic. And once you get the name calling and all the rhetoric out of the way and you get into logic and ideas and facts and figures, it starts to begin to make more sense, and you know, really, it doesn't come down to political uh, at all. It really comes down to two schools of economic thought. Either you believe that the economy prospers because we're going to borrow and spend, or you believe that the economy will prosper because we're going to produce and save. That's Keynesian versus Austrian economics. Yep. And you know, so there, which
0: are... you probably studied in college, but may have fell asleep on those days. So. <laughs> well,
1: you know, until until when when the student is ready, the teacher appears, right? Or when <laughs> yeah. the student is ready the understanding appears and so you know now if you've been in the real estate business the last five years all of a sudden macroeconomics matters a lot to you because when the mortgage backed security market died and took a lot of the real estate values with it a lot of us reverse engineering what happened and why maybe there's nothing we can do about the past but i sure want to recognize the signs going forward yeah
0: exactly yeah. which is why we spend more time now on bigger economic issues and not just specifically how to flip dirt at the cheapest amount
1: well there's major changes going on you know we have we have china emerging as a gigantic company it's the largest holder of oh, it
0: feels e- like a company yeah a I country
1: know. it's a third largest economy now and i think really close to becoming second if it hasn't become second. And there's predictions that, you know, in, in less than 10 years, it's going to surpass the United States as the world's largest economy. That's significant because when the U.S. was the world's largest economy, uh, the dollar had a certain status in the world that Americans have enjoyed for years and years and years. And many of us have come to just expect that that's the way it will always be. If we choose to default on our debt, that status goes away or potentially goes away, and that changes a lot of things. And so the Federal Reserve is out here, and they've been chartered by the U.S. Treasury, which is a, a part of the executive branch. They're in charge of of the money, but they've delegated that money, uh, that, that authority, if you will, to a large degree to the Fed. And so the Fed comes in and testifies, and Ben Bernanke talks and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, the Fed operates somewhat independently. Now, you've got Ron Paul, who's been anti-Fed since forever, and he's a presidential candidate also. And he's running around saying, hey, we need to audit the Fed. And he wrote a book called End the Fed. Well, that's a big deal. I mean, we've had the Fed since 1913, uh, coincidentally, the same time we got the IRS and the income tax. So, yeah. you know, maybe they're all connected somehow. You have to decide for yourself. But the point is, is that they're here. So the Fed goes out and they... They are the central bank and they to a large degree control the money supply. And so they can put more money, in other words, quantitative easing. They can create liquidity. And when they do that, they do it with the belief that if we make it easier for people to borrow, then they will spend and spending will help companies make money and profits. Yep. Okay. Which school of thought is that? That's the Keynesian school. That would be the Keynesian school. And most politicians on both sides of the aisle and most economists and certainly the Federal Reserve are of that school. Right. And so everything they do makes sense if you look at things in that paradigm. For Austrians, they look at it and they're like, well, that doesn't make any sense at all. Because if I worked at my job and I quit producing very much and my paycheck went down and my consumption went up and I borrowed to fuel my spending, how does that make me wealthy? Right. It doesn't. So again, you know, you you can study the two schools of economics and figure out which one you like better. And that might influence which political candidates you adapt to which have nothing to do with their labels you want to latch onto their philosophies. And believe me, the economics of it is super important. So, the-
0: well, and, and let me just stop for a minute, because I think it's important that you continue to learn and, and not just listen to our show, right? Get, get out there and, and get your brain around. The more you get exposed to these ideas and you start listening to the headlines and listening to the sound bites, the better you're going to be as a real estate investor, the more you're going to know. There was a Gallup poll. You were talking about the largest economy. Okay, so yeah, it, it was uh, number one US and, and number two Japan and China last year surpassed the, Japan. So they're now number two. But what's interesting about that is that a Gallup poll that was conducted this year had 52% of Americans who responded to the poll believe China was a bigger economy. It's not. Faster growing. Faster growing, maybe very well on the way to becoming the biggest economy, but it's not. And yet, so the point is, most people in this particular poll, more than half, got it wrong. Don't be one of those, right? Now, obviously, Not everybody listens to our show. Not everyone is interested enough in their real estate portfolio and business to to devote an hour a week to getting educated. You are, so that sets you apart. So we may be preaching to the choir. You may know all this already, but if you're a newer investor, you're someone who hasn't bothered to stop and look at the rest of the economy, it's time to think a little further.
1: Yeah, because major policy decisions are being made right now about the size of the debt and spending and are we gonna cut and what are we gonna cut and are we gonna raise the debt ceiling? And the Fed has been very active I mean, we've had quantitative easing one, we've had quantitative easing two, and now they're talking about potentially quantitative easing three. And what the way that really works in the real world is the Federal Reserve through their open market, the Fed's open market committee, FOMC, they will go into the bond market and they will purchase US treasuries. And so when they do that, they create demand. And you could make the argument it's artificial demand. And anytime you increase the demand uh, for the bonds, it means that the you, when you have more buyers, then then you have you have the ability to kind of lower your price because you have a lot of people competing i don't have to pay as much interest does that make sense yep so 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 it and it, the reverse would be true the reverse would be true sometimes people get get wigged out on that because it, you think oh uh, they would want to pay higher interest fee. no no if i'm borrowing money i want to pay the least amount of interest and so if there's a lot of people competing to buy the bond it takes less interest to get them to buy it if if i if i am the federal government and i come out to the bond market and there's only one buyer and I need to get that debt, I need to sell that debt offering, then he says, I want 10%, I'm paying 10%. If there's right. two buyers, and say the, Ben Bernanke is there, and he goes, well, I'll, I'll give six. Well, if that other guy wants to buy my debt, he's going to have to give six, because I'm not going to give him a bond at 10 when Bernanke's willing to offer six. So they're able to manipulate, if you will, the interest rate by creating this demand. And so the Federal Reserve steps in and buys the debt, and when they buy debt, it brings interest rates down.
0: All right. We'll continue this discussion when we come back. We're also going to play Real Estate Trivia, your chance to win a prize. And before we're done today, we have a very special guest for you. So I think you'll enjoy the rest of the program. Thanks for tuning in to The Real Estate Guys. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Stay with us.
4: Hi, I'm Steve Forbes. You're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Hi, this is Bob Helms. They call me the godfather of real estate. Mostly because I've been investing longer than the average Joe, since 1957 to be exact. Back when I started out, investing was pretty simple. Even so, I made more than my fair share of mistakes. And I can't imagine getting into this game today without some help. That's why I'm inviting you to check out the Real Estate Guys Investor Mentoring Club. There are three locations to choose from. Silicon Valley, Los Angeles, and Dallas, Texas. To find out when and where, just send an email to guys at realestateguysradio.com or use the feedback page on the website at realestateguysradio.com. Tell them The
0: Godfather sent you. Real estate continues to drop, Belize property is on the rise, and many experts think the best is yet to come. But don't just take my word for it. Come experience Belize firsthand at our upcoming investor field trip. When you join us, you'll discover the many reasons we love Belize, like tremendously undervalued beachfront land, super low taxes, ease of doing business, and so much more. Get the details at realestateguysradio.com, just click on events. See paradise for yourself. Click events at realestateguysradio.com and I'll see you in beautiful Belize.
2: Hi, this is Kim Kiyosaki. I'm the author of Rich Woman and you are listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back
0: to the Real Estate Guys radio program. Thanks for tuning in. We're talking big picture economy this week because it's in the news, but also as a real estate investor, you need to see the big picture. All real estate is local, and what you're transacting in your town or city or state or or country uh, is, is really very different than the big picture. Now, we have learned this week that we now officially have listeners in 139 countries. And that's wild. That's amazing to us. So not everybody listening is a citizen of the U.S. In fact, more so we're getting international listeners. But because the world is very interested in this topic, hopefully uh, you are as well. Before we get back to our discussion on uh, the debt ceiling and other economic issues, it's time to play Real Estate Trivia, your chance to win a prize by knowing today's real estate trivia question. When you hear the question and know the answer, quickly send us an email to... Trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Trivia at realestateguysradio.com. The first person with the right answer is going to win a prize. Then we take all the correct guesses for the week and have a drawing for a second prize. What is that prize you ask? It's an autographed copy of Equity Happens, Building Lifelong Wealth with Real Estate, our book on real estate investing. Find out more at equityhappens.com. That book can be yours, signed by the authors, if you are the correct guesser of the uh, trivia question. Now, before we give you this week's trivia question, it's time to reflect and look backwards. Last week on the show, uh, we were talking about creative solutions to today's property problems with David Campbell. We asked you to name the most climbed mountain in the world. So of all the mountains out there, you want to go climb your mountain. What is the most climbed mountain? The answer is Mount Grand Modignac in New Hampshire. Yeah, Mount Fiji was, until a road to the summit cut down the number of hikers. It's now number two, and as you guessed, number three, Pikes Peak. Here's our question (laughs) for uh, this week on The Real Estate Guys. We told you that the U.S. is the number one economy, China number two, and Japan number three. What's the world's fourth largest economy? What's the fourth largest economy in the world? If you know or want to take a guess, simply send that to us at trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Include your name and mailing address because we have to physically ship you this large book called Equity Happens. That is today's real estate trivia question. And
1: it's not... The real estate guys.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. Not. We're not even in the top ten. <laughs> so, uh, so we're talking debt ceiling, and in order to talk about that, we've been talking about how interest rates are affected, what the Federal Reserve does, how Treasuries impact, and this is confusing to people because some of it seems counterintuitive, but you just have to keep embracing it. So, if you're not quite with us, we're not going to belabor the point. We just want you to understand. If you if you didn't catch it, go back and study. There's lots of places to find that information.
1: Well, if you're listening on live radio, you know the advantage is you can go to I tunes and grab the show on the podcast and listen to it a few times over. I find for me is just kind of flow charting the different markets and mechanisms of the players and understanding that if this person does that, then this happens. If this happens, then that happens. And when you begin to understand the mechanics, and it's really not maybe as complicated as it seems, but you got to work at it for a little bit. But it's crucially important because once you get it, you have an idea where money is likely to flow. And the name of the game, whether you're managing a big old mutual fund, a bond portfolio, a real estate portfolio held with debt, or you're trying to figure out where companies are going to take jobs so you can purchase real estate in the path of progress or whether inflation is going to bring wages up and along with it the value of the real estate that you own understanding what we call the squish factor. You know, when, when, when something gets squeezed, it comes out someplace else, right? The American economy has been squeezed and a lot of that has come out in China. Yeah. And you look at the charts and you can see it clear as day. And people who pay attention to the stuff have been talking about it for years and we've just watched it unfold. And if you've been listening to the show for a while, we've been talking about, you know, what happens when currency expands and how it flows through the economy. And again, if you watch the news, you've been watching it unfold. Well, now we've got this debt ceiling thing happening. And the question is, okay, what does that really mean Because we really have never seriously been faced with this. This is really coming down like playing chicken. It's really coming down to the wire here. Right. And the question is really what's going to happen? What are they going to do? And to Henry Brock's point, which was it's better to prepare than predict what if they do and what if they don't? And we're gonna talk about that. But to understand that, you have to understand this mechanism. So we've talked about how the interest rates are kind of determined in the open market by treasury auctions. And
0: manipulated, you might say. And how the Fed It's not a free market, the interest market.
1: Right, and how the Fed comes in to try to bring interest rates down by purchasing treasuries. And one of the things you have to understand is when the Fed makes a treasury buy, they're not buying with real money. Right. This is how the term printing money, this is how the money makes it into the system. They write a check, not literally, but they basically just expand the treasury's balance sheet in exchange for these treasury bonds, which are IOUs. Yep. And now the treasury has this money to spend and they can go spend it. And when you introduce more money into an economy, which didn't come from any place else. Right? in other words other wasn't thi-
0: based on production somebody else's more, right?
1: account didn't go down yes. in order for that money to go up in the treasury account it was just more money everywhere and when that spreads out through the economy and usually it rolls through commodities and wholesale prices retail prices as we've talked about before eventually it lands on the consumer and eventually it will land in real estate which is why we believe in spite of what's happened that equity happens yeah. and it happens because we have an ever expanding currency supply but this is how it happens so once you've got that figured out and say, okay, the Fed's going to come in you know, potentially and do this, that, 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 or at least that's what happens, then the, the, the big million dollar, I should say probably trillion or even multi-trillion dollar question is, if we don't raise the debt ceiling, what would the Fed do? And if we do raise the debt ceiling, what would the Fed do and how would it affect everything else? Right. Right? So let's say they do. They do raise the debt
0: ceiling. We can go more in debt. We can print more money. We'll just keep pushing right. the can down we the road. We
1: know what that looks like Yep. Um. because we, that movie. we've always done that. Yep. But mechanically what happens is all of the money in our economy is debt. Those little green things you carry around in your pocket that we consider to be cash as yep. money, they're basically Federal Reserve notes. If you look at them, that's what they say. It used to be you could redeem them for real money like silver or gold, but that went away a long time ago. And now- no, Wait a minute, the other day
0: Ben said that the gold wasn't real money, so.
1: <laughs> to <laughs> his world, that I suppose yes, it's forget not.
0: that comment for this show.
1: So all, really all money is debt. So imagine if you had, you know, two credit cards, you got a left, one credit card in your left pocket and you use that to to buy things, and then you have a credit card in your right pocket and use that to make the payments on the, the credit card that you use to buy things. Right. The only way you can continue to operate is that you always have to have your credit lines increased because there is no real money. You've got to get your debt ceiling raised. Correct. Yeah. And if you were to pay that off, what do you have? Nothing. Nothing. See, and that's it's not right.
0: Good point. You, know, you pay nothing. down your credit card right now. Maybe you have room to charge again, but maybe not.
1: So here's another way to look at it. you you know, say Robert and I are running a business and we are a little economy and in order to get money to operate our business, we have to borrow that money. And if there is no money from the outside world, there is only that money in our little economy. And when we have to go pay it back to the bank, we have to pay back all the money they loaned us, which is all the money there is, right? and a little bit more. It's impossible. And I have no other source of getting money except to borrow more. What am I in a continual cycle of doing? Borrowing and spending. Borrowing. I'm continually borrowing. Right. When you understand that about our system, then even though everybody wants to pay the debt off, and I agree, we should be out of debt, but mechanically- It really isn't practical because it actually compresses the economy. And it really
0: is the theory behind our book, Equity Happens, that because we live in an economy where there is always borrowing, there will be inflation, not in an easy, predictable, straight up every year fashion, but over time there will be inflation.
1: Right. So in order to pay the debt, you have to print more debt, print more money because money is debt in our economy, okay? If you got that, then if they raise the debt ceiling, it's obvious in order to pay off the greater debt, we're going to have to print more money. And so that's obvious. And how do we print more money? It's the Fed. I mean, other countries will come in and buy our debt, but if the interest rate isn't right, the Fed is gonna participate to a certain degree to manipulate the interest rate, to have the interest rates be wherever they think it needs to be in order to create more borrowing. Yep. Because h- low interest rates don't stimulate savings. I mean, who wants to save money when the bank's paying you one half of one percent? I'm not going to save. Right. If interest rates are eight or nine percent, I'm going to save, save money. Like crazy, yeah. Okay, but then I'm not borrowing, and that doesn't fit the you know Keynesian versus Austrian. So yep. so it's important that you got that now. Other side. Yeah. The other side is now what happens if they don't raise the debt ceiling? Right. They can't print any more money. So now everybody freaks out. And the U.S. defaults on certain payments. And interest rates are going to spike because people who are looking at our debt are going to go riskier. Therefore, I demand more return. The Treasury will show up in the open market and go, hey, guys, I want to sell my bonds. And everybody's going to say, look, you guys defaulted. I don't want to get stiffed. 2 percent's not going to be enough. I need 10. I right. need 12. And if Treasuries continue to be the center of that target bullseye of where interest rates are set, anything that isn't a Treasury will become more expensive. Okay, so when we come back, we're going to have to hit the other side of exactly what the Fed would do in reaction to that, in my opinion, for whatever that's worth.
0: Not only that, we are not the only ones who look at the economy. We're going to talk next about a good friend of ours that's going to open up his boardroom and let you peek inside what he predicts about the economy and where this world is headed. When we come back, I'm your host, Robert Helms. We're the Real Estate Guys. Hello, Robert
4: Kiyosaki. Listen to the Real Estate Guys. They're wild and crazy, but they really know what they're talking about.
2: Are you ready to take your real estate investing to a whole new level? Imagine spending an entire week with like-minded investors, world-class educators, and real-world professionals. Join the Real Estate Guys for the 10th Annual Investor Summit. It's part education, part inspiration, part transformation, and a whole lot of fun. And it takes place in four different countries. Returning this year are Rich Dad Advisors, Ken McElroy and Wayne Palmer, international developer Beth Clifford, attorney Mauricio Rold, and the godfather of real estate, Bob Hounds. Plus, Joining us for the first time, Robert and Ken Kiyosaki, live and in person. It all begins March 30, 2012 in Orlando. Visit realestateguysradio.com and click on the tab that says Summit to learn more. The Investor Summit always sells out, so reserve your spot today. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click Summit or call 888-Guys Radio to talk with our summit specialist. That's 888-489-7723. 888-Guys Radio. Spend a week with the real estate guys, the Kiyosakis, and an all-star faculty on the 10th Annual Investor Summit.
4: I'm Jordan Goodman, author of Master Your Debt, and you're listening to The Real Estate Guys.
0: Welcome back to the Real Estate Guys radio program, and thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you. Tell a friend about the uh, Real Estate Guys. We're talking big picture economics this week: the debt ceiling. What happens if we do? What happens if we don't? We're about to uh, finish that thought up, and then introduce you to our special guest. So, no, uh, it's not approved. No debt ceiling. We can't go further into debt and now. What happens? Right. So
1: interest rates spike because the U.S. is considered to be riskier debt, and the higher interest rates is is a problem. It's going to be a big problem, and for the fed in order to control that problem they're going to have one choice and that is to step in and buy those bonds if nobody shows up then the fed's the only buyer and the whole world knows this thing's a sham hopefully other people will show up and the fed will create enough demand to bring the price down a little bit but again every time the fed steps into the open market and purchases bonds what does that do It adds new money to the economy that didn't exist before, and that's inflation. So whether we raise the debt ceiling and continue in debt and continue to print money to service that debt, that's inflation, albeit slower. Or if we don't raise the debt ceiling and interest rates spike and the Fed steps into control runaway interest rates, that's hyperinflation much faster. But they both point in the same direction. So the people who are going to be winners are people that have a lot of debt that's fixed because they're going to be paying it back with devalued dollars later. So if you can go lock in interest rates at five and 6% today, and this happens, you know, it might be a little late, right? Cause the thing could happen next week. Right. But the people right now are sitting on real estate portfolios with millions of dollars of fixed rate loans. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's going to be a shockwave in, in the short, but if you just hold on, All that money is going to hit the system and you're going to see commodities come up. It'll trickle through just like we've talked about in the whole ebb and flow from commodities to uh, raw materials, to wholesale costs, to retail costs, to wages. And eventually it'll find its way back into real estate as it always has because that's the way the excess money works its way through the system. It's like a waterfall. Then... You know you're going to be the winner because the assets that you own, whether it's gold, silver, real estate, anything real that's denominated in dollars, is going to go up denominated in dollars because it will retain its real relative value. Like you said uh, at the mentoring club the other night, Robert, a twenty-dollar gold piece would have bought you a brand new suit two hundred years ago, a hundred years ago, and today, but. A $20 bill wouldn't. Right. Right. $20 bill in 2011 is way different than a $20 bill in 1920.
0: So we always look at big picture economics because it influences us. And even though there's not much we can individually do about what the Fed is going to do or about where gold or prices are headed or any of that, what we can do is be prepared and not just worry about predicting good friend of ours feels the same way. He is always watching what's happening in the marketplace. And uh, coming up, he's doing a very special event. Mr. Robert Kiyosaki is opening up his boardroom for the first time ever and allowing you a peek inside. We're excited about this. It happens on the 11th of August. And here to tell us just a little bit about it, the uh, Director of Marketing and Product Integration for the Rich Dad Organization. Let's say hello to our good friend, Marion Van Dyke. Hey, Marion, how are you?
3: I'm doing great. It's really a pleasure to be here.
0: Yeah, well, it's great to have you on the show. We've had lots of private conversations, and we appreciate you taking some time to uh, explain really this this historic thing that uh, you guys at Rich Dad are, are doing. How did this come about?
3: Well, Robert's been increasing his efforts to teach financial literacy globally, and we found that by by hosting live events, we reached a limited audience. So when we brought the technology to his table and said we could live stream this and broadcast it globally, a lot more people could participate. And this allowed him to bring his advisors on board and speak personally with people and yet broadcast it all over the world and people in different time zones and in different environments could take advantage of it.
0: Well, this is great just for the logistical point of view. Having the pleasure of having attended several of the Rich Dad events, it's extraordinary to spend two or three days in that environment with Robert and the advisors. But you're right, it's limited by the number of people that can take the time off, that can afford to go. You guys have done a couple of these live events where you could be in the audience or have it streamed. This is a little bit different. This is Robert bringing in some of his trusted advisors and he and Kim sitting around the boardroom and talking about what's happening. And and this is a a a candid view inside, if you will.
3: Uh, Yes, it is. And he wanted to have a discussion about the 2011 economic trends, you know, a behind-the-scenes look, actually how it impacted his investing techniques from the beginning of the year until now and what he plans to do for the balance of the year.
0: And, you know, as you're, you know, obviously our listeners are very interested in real estate and, and as is Robert, but it's not all he watches. And in addition to that, he does bring in the advisors. Two of uh, previous guests on our show, both Tom Realwright and Wayne Palmer, are going to be uh, a part of this uh, uh, event, too. I think that's going to be able to give, you know, some different perspective and some different ideas for folks. What are they going to, people that, that, that have their, their peek into the boardroom, what are they going to be, uh, be witnessing?
3: Well, I think it's really important that Robert includes his advisors because his his important message right now is understanding debt and taxes. Good debt through real estate, the tax ramifications, and all of the investing opportunities. So Tom is going to be here to to help discuss the the potential tax liability and why gold and silver are a hedge against the dollar the declining dollar but a potential tax liability. And Wayne Palmer is also going to be here discussing financing options that are currently available to investors today in this economy.
0: All right. This uh, event is uh, not only can you watch it live as it happens, but if that doesn't work for your schedule, it's my understanding that once the event, uh, folks that register for this, uh, once the event happens, they can actually watch it at a more convenient time afterwards. Is that right, Marianne?
3: That's absolutely right. And if I may mention, we have an an additional um, attendee this time, a participant in the event. His name is Dan Sibley, and he's the general counsel for Reef Oil. And I think it's important, you know, Robert just wanted to include somebody on his panel that could actually talk about and, and share with him the experience of the rationale behind investing in oil and gas.
0: Yeah, this is interesting because we consider oil and gas investing obviously uh, a close cousin to real estate because real estate is involved. But there are some unique tax advantages that I'm sure Tom's going to address as well when it comes to oil and gas. And and you know that we, we've we've all seen what's happened at the pump prices in the last few years. And and I think it's probably a really good time if you haven't studied that to get your mind around it. So that's a great little bonus. Now the uh, event happens again on on August the 11th. You can go right to our website at realestateguysradio.com and you'll see how to sign up there. It's only seven thousand dollars to watch online no it's, it's under it's under twenty dollars to watch this thing and, and actually if you sign up early you get half off of that so you'd be crazy not to do it whether or not it fits into your exact schedule if you can watch live and be part of it awesome that's what we're going to plan to do if you if you miss it, it doesn't work you got meetings you got work you got kids in soccer once it's the, the event has been uh, recorded you'll be able to uh, access that later on And i can't think of a better thing to do with uh, with twenty dollars in a couple hours of your time
3: Yeah, and I'd also like to invite the women to participate because Kim will be there and she has such a a quality of bringing this information home to people like myself and other women who are interested in investing and what taxes and debt mean today.
0: Absolutely. So here's a chance to uh, hear what uh, Robert and Kim are thinking about, hear them uh, talk uh, to their advisors, ask questions and uh, kind of banter around the table. And you can be there as well. Uh, it, again, it happens on uh, August 11th and you can be right there in the boardroom virtually through your own computer. Just go to our website at realestateguysradio.com where you'll find all the details. Man, we sure appreciate your time today and we're very excited about this event.
3: Well, thank you for the opportunity.
0: All right. You betcha. So that's the event. It's coming up on uh, the 11th of August. Make sure that you attend uh, live if you can. If you can't, then uh, make sure you hear the recording as soon as uh, possible afterwards. Uh, These guys don't disappoint. Tom Wheelwright is uh, one of the only right-brained CPAs we know. Uh, Great guy. Super, super smart when it comes to taxes. And one of the most creative men on the planet, Wayne Palmer, to get both of those guys for a couple hours. That's huge.
1: Absolutely. You know, and the thing is, if you have an opportunity to get into the inner sanctum of Robert Kias Saki's world, you know uh, again, I mean, this is a guy that influences a lot of people. He's written books that have taken complex financial concepts and of entrepreneurship and financial management and investing. And he's stripped away a lot of the hoopla that wall street and the financial planning community is wrapped around it to push paper assets and, you know, makes it real. And it isn't that he's against stocks and bonds. He isn't, but you know, you just have to understand how to use them. But uh, clearly he sees something and he's had a profound effect. And I know in our lives in my life in particular, because, uh, over the time, uh, over the years that we've had a chance to get meet him, he'll just say little things. I mean, like a sentence or two, and then I'm like, "What did he mean by that?" And if you go spend an hour or two and reread some of his stuff and listen to his stuff, and then and then think it through and look around and do some reasoning on your own, all of a sudden that little piece of sentence that he said that maybe didn't make sense and gave you that puppy dog reaction where you kind of tweak your head a little bit, all of a sudden the light bulb starts to go off. You're like, "Okay, I get it. I get it. I understand what he's saying," and uh, so I'm excited about. It. I can't wait to hear it.
0: All right. So uh, there you go. Hey, if you want to spend some more time with Robert and Kim Kiyosaki and Wayne Palmer, you ought to think about our 2012 Investor Summit at sea. It's uh, coming up uh, next year. We'll leave on uh, March 30th and hang out till uh, April 7th. We'll visit beautiful parts of the world on a fabulous cruise ship. But more important than that, you'll be among like-minded real estate investors who get to hang out, talk real estate, go to some great classes and some breakout sessions, break bread with the faculty, sit around uh, the dinner table and then talk real estate and Ask what's working in your marketplace, and you'll meet people from lots of different countries who are coming on the the summit. Uh, We already have more people signed up for the 2012 summit that went with us in 2011 just a couple of months ago. So this is going to shape it up to be a a big event. Plus, uh, again, I tell you what, two hours with Robert Kiyosaki will be amazing, an entire week with him, priceless. So to find out more, go to our website at realestateguysradio.com. You'll see the button that says Summit. And uh, you can learn all the details about how you can join the Real Estate Guys and Robert and Kim Kiyosaki on the 10th Annual Investor Summit at Sea. So a lot to think about. There's a lot in the news. There's a lot going on. It's going to affect us. You need to decide how it's going to affect you as a real estate investor. And then more importantly, take appropriate action. Our whole motto at the Real Estate Guys, Education for effective action. If you don't do anything with the information that you learn, it's not going to do any good. So stay with us over the coming week. We've got some great shows coming up. We're super excited about our guests and I hope you will be too. Big thanks to our sponsors for making our show possible today. Thanks to our Engineer and thanks to you, our listener. Be sure to spread the word. Tell your friends about The Real Estate Guys. We'll see you next week on The Real Estate Guys radio program. Until then, go make some equity happen.
4: This episode of The Real Estate Guys radio show is brought to you by Paradigm Life, powerful cash management strategies using life insurance. Learn more at beyourbank.com. Mid-South Home Buyers, low-cost turnkey cash flow properties in Memphis, Tennessee. Texas Investor Homes, discover high-yield, low-risk, double-digit cash on cash returns through interim construction funding. Hassle-free cash flow investing, creating cash flow opportunities for real estate investors with brand new single family homes in Dallas, Texas. Corporate Direct, asset protection strategies for real estate investors from attorney and rich dad advisor, Garrett Sutton.